And welcome back to another episode of In The Sheds on Code with Kingy, where for this show I sit down with a member of the Blues and Auckland in Tania Lutilia, where the midfielder talks about everything from his switch from league to union at high school, scoring on debut in Super Rugby, and playing through injury at the Midasin Cup level in the hopes of further cementing his spot. Now if all of that sounds interesting to you, please do keep listening, and like always, enjoy. Well, tēnā koe, Tanielu, and thank you very much for coming on to Code with Kingi. Uh, yeah, really appreciate you taking some time out to share a little bit about yourself and your footy journey. So, yeah, big ups. No, no worries. Appreciate it. Thanks thanks for um, hitting me up. You're out of the blue, but pretty grateful, eh? <laughs> well, we'll see, bro. We'll see how this conversation goes before you say grateful. Um, but yeah, I guess yeah. first and foremost, Kaz, how's pre-season been? Yeah, well... Um, Hot, obviously, like you said uh, just before we started, but um, nah, really enjoying it. Eh? It's just um, I've actually had a bit of a layoff of injury um, from last year, but um, just being back and training hard with the boys. Eh? Not not many other places I really want to be at the moment, so it's, it's been going real good. Tough, but good, yeah. Mean and so how is the shoulder, bro? How's it how's it coming along? Yeah, uh, so yeah, it's it's actually feeling pretty good at the moment. I'm pretty much doing full training, like full contact, all of the weights. So, yeah, can't complain there. Eh? I'm, I'm in a good space and fingers crossed, um, you know, these next couple of weeks uh, go well as well. So, yeah, I'm good. It's true. And so how did you actually end up doing it, bro? Because I know you did it sort of um, in 2019 and then, yep. yeah, it sort of kept you out for the, the most part of 2020. You managed to bag a couple of games at the end of um, might have seen last year, right? Yep, yep. So, um I actually did it quite early on in the marketing season uh, for Auckland in, the, around, in round two. And then, um, yeah, I, I just tried to keep playing, but then it didn't uh, go too well from there. So I tried to rehab it in time for the 2020 Super season, but it didn't end up working out. So I got an operation early February. And, yeah, like you said, I made a return halfway through Maritain, uh season just gone. And, yeah, I'm here now. So wasn't easy, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to to be here, uh, to be back, pretty much. So yeah, it's happy, yeah, uh, looking good. Yeah. Onwards and upwards, but and j- just on that point, bro. Like, as you touched on, you you picked up this sort of niggle, or picked up this injury, and you tried to soldier on. Is that something that typically goes on in, in rugby environments, bro? I know, I know for like myself, who yep. playing at a club level, but I guess for you guys, you know, as full time professionals, you. You know, you guys, you know, in terms of like having a starting spot or having a certain position in a team, you know how hard that is to earn and then actually like stay in that place. So, I mean, like for you looking back, do you regret having carried on playing with that niggle or like, do you, yeah, like how's your feeling like having spent all that time on the sideline and only just coming back now? Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, like I said, I learned a lot from, from that experience. Um, I know for a fact that there are a lot of players out there you know, carrying around like niggles, like not really wanting to get a scan because they know that there's a bit of damage. So, like you said, there's careers on the line. You know, spots um, that aren't really guaranteed. You know, you gotta you gotta take your chances while you have them. So, I know for a fact that um, the pro game is, you know, it's about um, the here and now. So, 
being available as a lot of people's you know best um attributes so um yeah at the time um i thought you know gutting it out like trying to get um a good season with auckland under my belt was you know just uh you know that the young guy trying to like um prove himself sort of thing but in the long run i guess it's more about looking after yourself so that um in the long game you know you're still around when you're like what 30 32 you know kicking on so um yeah it's tough when you're young but i've definitely learned that you got to look after yourself eh? you're not you're not invincible so yeah i've got that lesson nice and early you could say yeah, 100%, bro. I guess that's the the reality of, um, or even, you know, you, when you're back now and, you know, knock on wood that you stay injury-free for the rest of your career. But I guess it just goes to show that, you know, you can be on top of the world or you can be on top of your game and then all of a sudden you just pick up one niggle and then I don't think you even would have imagined, you know, how long you ended up staying yeah. out of the game for. And for some guys, you know, if they have a nasty head knock or, you know, um, yeah. consistent sort of injuries to a certain area, you know, that can be their career over and done with just like that. So, yeah, um, yeah, like you said, I think it's cool for you that you've obviously had this experience, you know, early on in your career. And, you know, it's yeah. been one that hasn't held you back to the point where, you know, it's going to interfere with your game going forward. And, yeah, hopefully we see more of um, Tanielu in 2020. But why don't you take us back, bro, to, yeah, to a young Tanielu. Like, where did you grow up, Kaz? And, like, how did you even start playing rugby? Yep. Um, so I grew up um, in Auckland, born in Auckland. I grew up out east in a place called Glen Innes, Point England. So I actually didn't play rugby when I was young. I actually, my family's like a diehard league uh, family. So from about five years old until I was 14, I played uh, my league at uh, Mount Wellington Warriors. And um, from there, I played uh, like a sevens comp in um, intermediate. as the Ames games down in uh, Tauranga. We, mm-hmm. we ended up taking that up in 2011 and then I was uh, lucky enough to get a scholarship to St. Kent's from there so uh, that's pretty much when uh, rugby sort of took off for me I went to St. Kent's from 2012 uh, year 9 right through to year 13 and then yeah just went through the grades signed off the Auckland Academy out of school um, first year out of school I played for some more 20s and then the following year I played for NZ 20s and yeah after that I got a few caps for Auckland uh, 2018 and had an injury and then, um, yeah, signed with the Blues for two years. And, uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's led me to where I am now. So, yeah, I'm still with the Blues. And, um, yeah, I had about 20 games for Auckland now. So, yeah, that's that's me. Well, so it's a pretty rapid rise. But if, if we go back yeah. to, you know, like you touched on playing league and then transitioning into union, like... Yeah. Did you did you even like like union growing up? I like I know that you know Leeds obviously has a stranglehold of a lot of kids uh, in yeah. Auckland, but you know I guess the opportunity you know to go to a school like St Kent's was too hard to turn down. But you know even initially for you, were you like, ah, I'm not sure if I want to play union. It's boring because I know a lot of league boys like they just they have this sort of fixed mindset with union, and then I guess for you like it's not until you actually start playing the game that I guess you get a bit of a loving for it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. I still, to this day, like, really, like, love the game of rugby league. Um, I still watch it with a passion. I'm a, I'm a West Tigers diehard. Uh, Benji Marshall, you know, Robbie Farrell, you know, a couple of the greats. Um, so, yeah, I, it's, I still have that love for the game, but at the same time, I wasn't, like you said, um, fixated on, you know, being a league player. Or, well, at a young age, I was, but then going to St. Kent's, 
and just being exposed um, to, you know, the, the the rugby culture in New Zealand, you could say at an early age, just sort of opened my eyes a bit to, you know, potentially um, having a career in rugby. So, um, yeah, I wasn't too close-minded about, you know, what I would do after school. Uh, I still thought maybe league would have been an option, but um, I guess it just worked out that, um, yeah, I'd keep grinding away at potentially having a career in rugby. So St. Kent's was a big... Um, platform for me to sort of you know um, take off in the in the rugby scene you could say yeah yeah totally bro and and I'll get to St Ken's because I got a few questions around that um with you yeah. being a guy that was in that circle but you know obviously like it's you know it's, it's it's no sort of surprise that you know you were quite a talented rugby player when you left school you know otherwise you wouldn't have been signed for the Auckland Academy so did do you actually have any league scouts come to you while you were at St Ken's and be like hey we know you got a bit of a league background. Are you keen to come back to the games? Did anything like that happen? Uh, well, yes. Yeah. Oh, funny enough, uh, not not straight uh, directly to me, but um, probably to my parents. Uh, there was a, I think there was a bit of interest from. Uh, who was it? I think it was. I think I got a little bit of interest from Canberra, and I think the Warriors. The Warriors were pretty keen. So yeah, my parents had a chat with them. But um, yeah, I think my parents just like the look of um, the the professionalism of of rugby. You know, like taking care of the players. You know, like well being as well as you mm-hmm. know their performance. So I think they just liked that um, me being in the system in rugby already sort of gave me a head start. So yeah, there was a bit of interest, but I don't think my parents really gave me that option. Fair enough, um, once bro. I left school, yeah, it was still in their hands, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. no, I guess it's a pretty smart um, choice on your parents' part, considering yeah. where you've got to now, bro. But back to St. Kent's. Um, now, I know that St. Kent's is renowned for its rugby program um, or its investment in its rugby program as of late. And so as someone who was in that circle, like I touched on before, for all sort of like the hate and the criticism that gets thrown at the school, I mean, like, did, did that affect you guys at all in your psyche or did you guys use it as motivation? Like, I'm really curious because St. Kent's has, you know, such a, you know, you say that, you know, you say the name St. Kent's and if you go to St. Kent's, there's, there's almost like this judgment that gets thrown at you. So how do you, how do you feel about even now or, you know, back when you were at school? Nah, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny because eh? um, yeah, people always like, yeah, have a go at me or, um, you know, question, you know, why St. Kent's do this, why they do that. But <laughs> I don't really feel like it affected me. I I sort of just laughed at it because um, I just I just knew that no one really quite knew, other than you know those who um who were there at the time at the school um really knew what St Kent's were about. So obviously um you know people say that the good old classic oh St Kent's get all the scholarship boys blah blah blah, but um yeah there's a hundred percent a lot of hard work that goes into it. I was lucky enough, like I said, to go there from when I was what, like just a young kid, 13 years old, and then um, yeah, I, I've I've pretty much been through you know a lot um, at that school. It taught me a lot about yeah, just how to get ready for you know being a pro. Um, waking up every morning, getting to training at six o'clock sharp for your gym session, and then a little bit of field session, then you're straight into you know your 8:30 tutor group for school. So just being punctual and then obviously no no way around working hard. So those those two things held me in good stead going forward. But then, you know, everyone only sees that uh, you know, St. Kent's win 
this week. Uh, they win another week in a row. They win another 1A championship. But it's, there's a lot more that goes um, on behind the scenes, which I don't think people um, appreciate or or really um, understand because all they see are, are the results. But I've been for, um, lucky enough to, to see that, you know, there are good people who look after you and then it's up to you what you do with that opportunity. So it's not all easy, you know. Uh, I feel like St. Kent's is, is a platform and then they they give you the, the formula, which is, you know, work hard or or just be complacent. So, yeah. That's, well, 100%, that's bro, and that's sort of the thing. I mean, yeah. like... I, I've never been in those circles and I'm always one yeah. to sort of hold back with my own judgment because at the end of the day, um, you know, someone like yourself being given the opportunity to go to a school like that, not only for the rugby opportunities that it presents, but also the academic side, the networking. Um, and even for some kids who come from poor backgrounds, bro, the opportunity for them yeah. to potentially elevate their families through a rugby career or through greater academic opportunities, you know, like that stuff doesn't grow on trees. And so I think it's very... It's very tough, you know, like, and that's why I sort of ask it in terms of if it had an effect on your psyche, because I know for some kids, you know, that sort of criticism and then not mm. being able to reveal all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes can be quite hard because, yeah, like you said, you know, you don't, like for all these kids, you get offered scholarships, you know, they don't ask to get them, you know, they earn them or that, you know, that people see that they had the potential to fulfill what they want out of that scholarship student. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's a it's a personal decision, you know. Like you don't tell other people what to do with their money or do whatever with their time. So, yeah, yeah, it's um, I mean, yeah, I, nah. I do I I do see it from both sides. Like, don't don't get me wrong, bro. Like, I'm yeah. not gonna sit here and say that um, in terms of like the, the the fair playgrounds, in terms of like with how many scholarship students coming in and making it an even playing field. Oh, yeah, but yeah. but from a from but from, but from definitely from a personal perspective, I can um. I can I I definitely you know um can see how it could be tough or like how it is an unfair judgment, bro. But um, on on I mean like and on the point of that, and I mean and the only reason people hate on you guys is because of the success that you guys have had over the years. And so like how I mean like how did you guys go during your three two three years in the first team? Ah uh, yes, yeah, so um my first year two thousand twelve. Oh, I didn't play, I was year nine, but that was when they won the national title against Otago. And then um, the following uh, year, 2013, um, I was year 10, and I was fortunate enough to go to the Senex, uh World Champs, and they won that. They, that was like a stacked ass team. That was like, um, far out, it was like TJ, Foyane, Blake Gibson, Sam Nock, Patrick Herbert, um, Suli Vulinvalu, um <laughs> Johnny Faoli, but it was ridiculous. Say that that's like that's like one quarter of the team. So I'm just like this little like 15 year old like buzzing out, like holy these guys are hissing. And then um yeah, so they end up winning that year, 2013. They win the the 1A again. Yeah, 11 we lost in the final. Um, I was still catching me. We lost in the final to Grandma. That was like uh, Rico Yowane, wise guy. Um and all those guys they they played well that game. And then year 12. Uh, we won the 1A. Dalton was the captain. Dalton Papa Ali was our captain that year. And then 2016, um, I was the captain and we lost uh, to Sacred Heart. Yeah, that still cuts me as well. Uh, to Hos- Hoskins and them. So, yeah, that um, up and down uh, experience for me. But yeah, I, I definitely, yeah, definitely um, got to experience some good, high, good highs and obviously some lows. So, mixed bag, but it was good. It was good, yeah. 
Yeah, bro, I can only imagine Rico and Hoskins still giving you shit as a bailout. If yeah, you every day. <laughs> I, I try to keep, keep, it, uh, keep it to a minimum with those guys. They're good. Yeah, fair enough, bro. Um, but then even um, extending on in terms of honours that you had, you went through like the, the Blues 18 system and you ended up cracking the Barbars your last year of school, um, which yeah. would have been an even um, bigger, I guess, motivation for you to crack on, you know, seeing as you saw that you could play with some of the elite players in New Zealand um, for your age group at the time. So what was the plan for when you left school? Like, were you all focused in on rugby, having signed with the academy? Did you have like a degree that you were pursuing at the same time? Like, yeah, how did you split your time your first year out of school? Uh, coming out of school, I was at um, AUT. I wanted to do uh, communications and like focusing on uh, journalism, sports journalism. But um, yeah, that first year um, at Academy was quite tough for me. Um, I know people who can juggle, you know, rugby and um, and studies, but um, just being honest, they, I, I don't think I was one of those guys. So my routine would be like 5.30 um, academy training, and then I'd have to be at uni around like 8 o'clock. So I thought that I'd be ready with, for that sort of stuff with, you know, the, the prep I had at St. Kent's, but the, the, the academy trainings in, in the morning just took its toll on me, and then um, I felt like I couldn't, give my best in either field so um, I ended up doing just that year of um, study and then the next year I I fully try to crack that NZ20s team and I dropped my papers so yeah I haven't gone back to it but um, yeah it's always there in the back of my head I guess yeah. Exactly bro it's never too late to, to turn to your studies yeah. and who knows bro you might become a millionaire off this rugby career seeing as the money that's getting thrown around in Japan at the moment so but uh, yeah, at the same time, it's always nice to have something to fall back on. But so you, you touch on um, dropping your papers in what was it, 2018, your second year out of school. But like yeah. you mentioned previously, before you made the Samoan under 20 side, your first year out of school, and you go over to Georgia, if, if, if my notes are reading correctly, and you actually, that yeah. was the same tournament, which was the last time New Zealand won it. Um, so what right. was it? What was that campaign like for you? Like, you know, was this your first time, like, properly going overseas like on a big overseas trip oh, I mean I'm oh, sorry I know that you touched on the the Senex Japan thing so I mean what was that like you know sort of being in a more professional environment quote unquote and going over there and seeing what the rest of the world has to offer yeah well being in the Samoa team we we actually didn't win a game so like it was quite tough but at the same time yeah I felt like yeah it was an opportunity to you know get a feel for you know like yeah, I guess how the world plays rugby. Like so, we actually played England, who lost to NZ in the final first up. We got smoked, and then um, we almost tipped over Aussie. Um, uh, so yeah, that one still cuts me as well. We could have beat them, and then we got smacked from Wales, Argentina, and Ireland as well. So, but at the same time, yeah, that that's when I was like thinking to myself that yeah, the the rugby um career could you know really be an option for me because uh although we were getting smacked I felt like you know yeah I was able to hold my own I guess against them and mm -hmm. I just thought you know if I can you know hopefully carry this on through to next year and hopefully get a looking at the NZ20s then you know anything could really happen from there so it was tough but it was also pretty encouraging as well 
you could say. 100%. Yeah, yeah got to take the learnings out of a bad situation. Um, so, yeah. Mm. And like you touched on, you ended up making the New Zealand 20 sides uh, the following year as well as Auckland. Um, but, like, I mean, you touched on the, the, the fact that, you know, once you were over there with the Samoan team and you held your own and you actually thought, you know, like, shit, if I'm able to do all goods in this team that isn't playing very well, you know, as soon as I get an opportunity to play in a good team where maybe I'm just focusing on myself rather than having to cover someone else's ass. Sorry, these are my words, not yours, so, like, don't anybody yeah, take that out of context. I'm just paraphrasing here. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, okay, shit you know like i might be onto something here so like how hard did you did you work between the end of that campaign with the samoan uh, under 20 team to when your trials came around for the new zealand team the following year like did you actually put in a lot of work to make sure you made that team yeah i felt like um those first two years out of school i really yeah just just um, put my head down and you know went pretty hard with my mates you know so i had a good group of guys that i felt like i was training with um every week at Auckland. So we had, um, yeah, Harry, Harry Plummer was always, you know, leading the way at the front uh, for academies in the morning. And then we got, uh, you know, Hoss, Sione Havili, he was always beast as well. So, yeah, everyone, everyone's eyes were on, you know, making that 20s team because we felt like, you know, that was a, a place where we could all sort of take our careers to the next level. But, yeah, after that Samoa 20s um, campaign, and then we on that 19th comp down in Taupo, um, I was lucky enough to get like a 10-week interim training um, contract with Blues, so that sort of helped my um, my pre with my my preparations and yeah, I felt like yeah, that's where I, I did a lot of work. You could say it was pretty tough, but it helped me in good stead to try and crack that team. Yeah, it was good. Also, I mean, I was going to get to the blue stuff later on, but seeing as you got yeah. you got a real taste of what a preseason is like with a Super Rugby team, practically your first year out of school, was that a was that a rude awakening for you, or was it not too dissimilar to the the setup they ran at St Kent's, or um, like at your academy trainings, or was it, or was it like wow shit, I thought I was fit, but I'm actually not that fit. Oh, nah, I, I never thought I was the fittest guy. I, I, I always go hard, but I was that guy who guessed out early, and just being honest. But, um, yeah, come out of school, yeah, I don't really think I was too phased about, like, you know, oh, I'm not good enough or stuff like that. It was more just about I just wanted to see, you know, if I was good enough sort of thing, yeah. uh, you know, to sort of, like, try and prove that, you know, I could, that I belong at, at that level sort of thing, so... Um, yeah, I guess every opportunity that I sort of got or was was trying to get, I just yeah, I just go hard and see what happens. Still, I didn't really think too much about it. It's just um, you know, if if it's gonna happen, then then so be it. But um, yeah, it, it wasn't easy, hundred percent. Like wrestling and doing you know shuttles every day in the hot sun, it's not easy. But at the same time, you know, I could be. Um, you know, doing my uni papers or, you know, doing some um, container work with my with my mates. <laughs> or, but yeah, that's, you just got to put it in perspective a little bit and then I'm pretty sweet if, when I do that. Yeah, I'm all good. Bro, that's an awesome way to look at it. Um, now, I don't know if you want to touch on that under-20 campaign, bro, because I know that you guys, um, that, I guess that last semi-final result wasn't the way you were expecting the game to go. Um, considering probably that the talent that you had around you, um, but I mean, like, what what sort of learnings did you take from it that time around? Being, you know, 
I know that you're a, you're a year removed from playing for the Samoan team who perhaps couldn't quite stick it with the big boys, but now you are playing in you know one of the favourites going into the tournament. Um, and you know, don't get me wrong, you end up losing to the eventual winners, but like, what, yeah, did you did you grow from that experience? You know, having to take that one on the chin. Oh, but straight up, um, I actually, um, I was actually nursing an injury, um, on in that um, tournament, and then my first game back from injury was against Wales, and then um, in that game it was like the eighty third minute, I got like red carded for like a for like a shoulder charge, so I actually got suspended and um, I missed out those last few games there, so I actually got sent home and watched that game from home, but yeah. I definitely learned from that, eh? That was awesome. But, um, yeah, uh, that was playing up. I don't really... So what you're actually saying is the reason they lost is because you didn't play and got a recall. Nah, I'm not saying <laughs> that. I'm just saying... Nah, but still, that French team was actually pretty beast, eh? Yeah, um, yeah, 100%. That, and to Mac, bro, he carved he he up. Um, bro, he's playing for France now, so I guess that's a... Yeah, he's like, he's like one of the top players in the world at the moment, so it would have definitely been awesome to like have a, have a go you know, um, test myself, but um, nah, yeah, I reckon, you know, the, the, the French guys just had that little bit, um, bit of edge at the set piece, you could say their size was a bit of a game changer, eh? so mm-hmm. yeah, that was definitely a learning, I know the boys took from that, yeah. 100% bro, okay, well, so you, you take your red card, you fly home, you have to watch the game from home. Um, but yeah. then you, you roll you roll into Auckland, so you you'd obviously left a good enough impression either throughout that camp or part, as part of that campaign before it, and with the work you've done with the under nineteens to earn yourself a call up to the Auckland team, um, for that Mitre Ten Cup season. And that year, um, I, I remember quite vividly was because like like we touched on um from one of the bros that we both know, Salisi. You know, I, I kept quite a quite a close eye, considering you know the the waves that he was making. So. I mean, what can you take me back to that 2018 season and I guess like, you know, like the, the, the run that you had and the learnings you took from that and then, yeah, I guess that final, bro, because I don't think anyone can forget that final if they watched it. Yeah, nah, that, that year was crazy. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure the, the previous year we were pretty close to getting relegated. Um, yeah, Auckland didn't have too good of a season and then we brought in some new coaches, uh, new coaching staff and, you know, a few more young players, you could say. So, I think that year as a whole, like um, every every day was enjoyable. Going into training, the culture was was real good. You know, boys just cracking jokes every five seconds, and then that sort of energy flowed on into training, and then that energy went into the games, and then you know everyone just it just clicked. You know, like we probably weren't as stacked as the the twenty seventeen team, but it was more just. Um, the camaraderie that I feel carried that team to the finals and then I guess whether you were starting or whether you were, you know, the non-23, um, getting the boys ready, um, everyone had a role and then, yeah, it just it just was real fun to be a part of that team and then, um, yeah, so, <laughs> that final, yeah, um, it's crazy. I still remember running onto the field um, after the boys got that dub and, um, yeah, Lost, lost my voice for a bit, but it was crazy. Yeah, just something I won't be forgetting uh, many times soon. It was awesome. Yeah, hundred percent, bro. Yeah, it was a crazy game, bro. I, I like the, yeah. the the clutch kicks, the the try yeah. on like in the overtime, and then 
you managed to stave them off, um, especially with it being Canterbury, bro, like them being a, ha- yeah. a powerhouse, it would have made it all that much sweeter, bro. Okay, so you celebrate that chip. And then, so had you, so during that, I guess pre-season, during that ITM Cup season, Cup, during that Mitre 10 Cup season, sorry, um, like had you signed your blue steel come the end of that or beforehand or like midway during 2019 or 2018, sorry, like how did that all work? Um, yeah, I still, like, scratch my head to this day, like, thinking about it, because, um, how, uh, how I said earlier on that I had that 10-week period where I was training with the Blues in the preseason, like, it was like a under-20s player sort of contract, like, I think mm-hmm. I, that's when I signed the contract, like, during that preseason. Oh, wow. So, like, I was like, yeah, so I was a bit, like, I'm still, I still wonder to this day, like, so how... How do you get like a, a contract from like preseason, you know? So I actually signed it quite early on, before the Mighty Ten season, and yeah, that's that's pretty much how that worked out. Yeah, I I still like buzz out like shucks. I'm not too sure. Like I don't I don't remember like doing anything like outstanding during that preseason either. It was more just like uh, you know, go hard and see what happens. But yeah, I ended up getting a opportunity from that. Yeah. Okay, so did you keep that pretty low key, like amongst your boys, or like? Yeah, yeah. So I, no, nah, I didn't didn't let anyone know. But then they sort of like announced it, like me, Hoskins and Harry. Like oh, I was like I was posted that ages ago, but I'm not I'm not too sure I was supposed to be a part of that. I think it was only supposed to be Hoss and Harry, um, getting signed, and then I I was lucky enough to to join in. So yeah, they announced cool, it as a like a trio of the boys. Yeah. So, yeah, I was pretty pretty lucky there too. Yeah, man, not a bad investment um, on the Blues part, bro. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, come 2019, you end up making your debut over in South Africa in round two, which is pretty crazy, you know, early on, like considering that was only your third year out of school. Well, two, really, if you count the summers. Um, and, yeah, you, you come off the bench uh, against the Sharks and you end up getting a dot, bro. So, I mean, like, what can you recall from that week both, you know, like learning that you're in the team on like the Tuesday, training that whole week, and then like rocking up, and then like having to look out at a sea of South African fans being like, "Holy, I'm I'm potentially about to jump on the field and play in this arena." Yeah, so it was actually pretty crazy. Um, round one, the the boys lost to I think it was the Saders, and then straight after that, they announced he was going to go uh, to Africa. And um, I wasn't too confident that I was going to go because so, I, I wasn't part of that team. But then I, I was the very last guy named. And, um, yeah, I was just buzzing out that I was even on the trip. So, um, you know, here I am just buzzing out. Yeah, happy to be there. And then um, I get named on the bench and I was like, far out. What the heck is round two? And um, they give my jersey to um, to my only to present. And I was like, nah, not even. So they give it to um, and he's like standing there and he's like, um, oh yeah, you, you know you got it. Just back yourself and you know back your skills and and trust that you you belong here sort of thing. He yeah. So that was awesome. That was awesome build up for me, um, getting the opportunity and then yeah, I just remember like half of the field being in the shade and the other half was just you know full on in the sun. And uh, that that was crazy. That that sounds next level. Um, I was out on the left wing. I subbed on for Rico, and um, yeah, I caught the ball, 
and I think it was only like five meters out, and I put it down, but it felt like I ran like 50 meters. By the way. It actually felt like I was running that that far, but it was by yeah. I I couldn't even believe it, but yeah. Uh, talk about killing two birds with one stone. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. So you you roll on from that, and then the next week you start, bro. You start against the Hagawari. Yeah. So like you talk about buzzing out, being on the plane to South Africa, and then buzzing out, getting your jersey from Ma, and then buzzing out, thinking you run fifty meters when you've only run five meters to get a dot. So like, yeah. what was what was going through your head when you were like, okay, now I'm in the starting fifteen. Like I'm tackling the bags rather than holding them in the warm up. Yeah, I was everything was moving like a little bit fast for me because I'm I'm not like the I don't feel like I'm like the the guy who's like you know gonna be oh, mm-hmm. not, how do you say it? like I don't wanna be say like I'm no 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 I, I get you bro I get you bro I get you yeah hundred percent so I'm like okay I'm here now and I just played my first game and then I get to start so I'm like oh it sucks so I'm like stressing out like trying to watch all this footage on the Hugo Warriors. <laughs> Like far out, I gotta make sure that I have a good game. I don't wanna, you know, it's all about first impressions sort of thing. So um, that game was tough. That was probably like a the most hostile environment I've played in. Like their 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 fans are pretty crazy. Eh? Like next level, can't really breathe because of all the smoke from all the fireworks in there. And they're just cheering like they, the way they their supporters cheer is like real weird. Eh? They're like you don't know if they're interested for like. 20 minutes and then they just come out of nowhere screaming their heads off so uh, yeah it was it was a tough game I, I didn't think I played that well honestly but um we ended up losing a close one and yeah like just that experience alone like you know getting my debut the week before and then not feeling too good about how I played the week after those two weeks alone like taught me so much about just how to you know handle the highs and lows of um you know, potentially having a, a career in rugby, mm. and um, it, it, it was it was about you know not getting too hard on myself or or being too hard on myself, but rather you know just just backing that you know if you get another shot you'll you'll do better sort of thing. So yeah, it was pretty wild, and then um, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's the I guess that, that that's a really good point to raise, bro, in terms of just like. I mean, you look at some guys who sort of sort of sprang onto the scene, and you know they're the they're the hot ticket in town, and then all of a sudden, you know they can go through a patch of you know a poor run of form, and you know like their career can, or you know from what their perceived career, what their potential, whatever it was, um, you know it can sort of plummet um rather quickly, and they might end up having to take off overseas, or they try and stick around in New Zealand and don't quite get their opportunities, and like like you said, bro, I think that's a testament to some of the the top dogs who are able to stay on top of their game, but not think that they're the man week in week out. Well, well, they have to like from a confidence perspective, yeah. but you know, but not get yeah. too ahead of themselves, and actually, you know, mm. bring it back, bring them back down to earth. Um, so that way, next week, you know, they're still on their toes, they're not complacent, and you know, they're still putting in all their extras. Um, and I mean, like when I think of guys like that that stayed at the top of their game for so long, you know, the likes of Martin Nonu, like you mentioned, and Sonny Bill Williams, so. I know that the Blues didn't have a very good year in 2019, um, but, I mean, you still got um, quite a few games under your belt. But outside of, like, the game time or even touching on the game time and rubbing shoulders and training with, you know, like I said, SBW and Ma'a 
and a lot of the other legends, um, you know, Jerome Kaino, like week in, week out. What, what what did that do for you? Did you like learn much off of those guys? Yeah, well, like a lot of people ask me that in every time I just talk about like how like they're just crazy competitive age. So like Mata's like thirty seven years old and he's still like leading leading from the front on a on a on a Monday speed session, you know what I mean? So he's like every opportunity uh, to compete or show that he he's good he's good enough to, to be there, he'll take it sort of thing. Yeah, in the gym like he's running all the crazy like core sessions at the end and he's like dragging everyone to do with him. And then um yeah. It's just I, I, I still buzz out of that like I've I've been in a team of this guy or I've been a part of a team of this guy sort of thing. But the main thing I take from those guys is just like they just the ability to like be competitive um every single day is what I feel like separates them. They're always looking to win like something, like no matter how little it is. Mm. They they just they just hundred percent um switched into it, yeah. Yeah, and like uh, that's another good point that you raised. Like having talked to, you know, I've been fortunate to talk to a, a couple of boys who've been around that Super Rugby scene. Um, shout out to all of them that have taken some time out to go and co with Kingy. But they they talk about, I mean, like you talk about the the competitiveness and you know their their desire to win every single thing that they get thrown into. And I know that for a lot of them, I, one of the points that I raised was that you know, like how intimidating it can be, you know, quite early on as a young fella going into these environments. And like you said, even though like you went into your first Blues preseason and gave it a go, I know that, you know, for a lot of the young guys, they try not to stick their head out of line because they sort of want to just be like the low-key fella rather than trying to butt heads with, you know, the likes of the All Blacks that, that may be in camp. Yeah. So, I mean, was that, was that similar for you? I mean, like going into that scene and like, I know that teams like make a considered effort to make everyone feel comfortable, but I know that, you know, like there's a there's a difference between being comfortable and like cracking a joke at Bowden Barrett if he's doing a miskick. You know what I mean? Like, how, yeah, how long did it yeah, take yeah. for you to like get into that, or like did did the Blues do a pretty good job with that? You know, when you first cracked it into the team. Um, no, nah, I feel like like from 18s Blues like through to you know that 10 week contract, I felt like it was all pretty well connected. Like they did a pretty good job of like making sure you know the all blacks or you know the the vets knew what the young fellas were coming in to achieve so like we were in there to you know soak up as much as we could and then it was up to us you know whether we wanted to make the most of it and interact with the boys or you know we we got to go out and and make the most of it as well you know it's not just oh you you come and train and then that's it sort of thing like you gotta you gotta put in the time and ask questions and whatever you do with that time, you know it's up to you. Like you can you can come and, and just be happy to be there or you can come and really leave a mark, um, you know, with how hard you train or how early you turn up to watch clips, like it's just yeah, I feel like the Blues did a real good job of giving you that that opportunity and then yeah, it's sorta of just up to you what you do with it. And I feel like that was pretty good on this side of things. 100%, bro. Um, and then just to round out the rugby chat, bro, um, you talk about obviously like through the progressions of the grades, they they did a good job of making sure that, you know, everyone felt inclusive um, in the Blues whanau. But 
I mean, like if you look at if you just had to go to the results pages from the last couple of years and seeing that you know the Blues were underachievers, you know, for, for a, a good chunk of the last decade, but it all sort of flipped the script last year, or especially when you guys shot off to South Africa. So, I mean, like from you, you know, being behind the scenes and maybe not so much being on the field, like did you notice any big changes, or was there like anything that I don't know happened at the Blues, you know, since Leon McDonald's come around and you know, like that's, I guess, led to your success, or was it more so he just built on the foundation that was left there? In all honesty, I think 2019, we were like pretty unlucky. Like we, lo- we lost a lot of close games. And then, you know, people sort of wrote, wrote off that season as, you know, another sort of wasted season sort of thing. But from my side of things in, in that year, I felt like they made some progress from previous years. We were like in a lot more games. And then it just came down to like, maybe not being, not not taking, you know, the smartest option at the end of the game sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I feel like we're just being a bit smarter, but at the same time, I feel like um, the boys are just more comfortable, like being themselves at training. And then um, you can see, like, everyone talks about, like, you know, the diet here and that, but it's not, it's not just about the hair and, you know, the statements after the game. It's It's just like everyday everyday stuff I feel is changing, like just being comfortable, being yourself, and then you're not worrying about, um, you know, what people think of you. It's, it's just turn up, be yourself, and train hard, and work hard, and then enjoy each other's company. And I feel like, um, yeah, the, the boys have made some good changes in, changes in those areas, and then it's flowed on to, you know, the boys having a pretty good season last year, and hopefully, um, a better one this year so yeah it's it's a bit of both on and off the field um, stuff for me I guess cool bro some great insight there appreciate that um, and I guess that, that wraps up all that I've wanted to capture um, in your promising rugby career bro but I've, I've got two notes that I like to round um, each interview off with the second one's a funny one so I'll leave that to last but the the first one bro like could you run us through what a game day looks like for Tani Rutilia? Like, does he have any superstitions? Does he sleep in? Does he have a certain meal? Like, like, what are you doing in preparation for your games? Um, yeah, so if the game's, like, pretty late, like, 7 o'clock game, yeah, I do try to sleep in or play 2K, like, the night before, like, all the way up until midnight and then, you know, try to get my my decision-making uh, skills going there, you know, yeah. uh, nah, just joking. but I uh, yeah, so jam a bit of 2k and then I uh, wake up, yeah, pot, bit of porridge, like I was trying to eat a bit more breakfast now, porridge, and then other than that, everything else is um pretty, like, I don't have many superstitions, like, other than I listen to a bit of music, and um, yeah, I'm, I, I don't know, I'm, not, I'm pretty boring when it comes to preparation, I just listen to music, say my prayers before I go out and then yeah I just that's, that's me fair enough bro well I uh, mean you touch on music is there a certain song do you have a playlist that you bang out or is it does it chop and change uh yeah I try and chop and change it but um I like um a little bit of J. Cole he's like got a bit of everything like he's got some good lyrics but he's also like pretty calm like and that's that's how I've tried to change over the years. Like I used to be the, the here comes the boom guy like on my playlist, but that's that's forcing it. So like, trying to be J Cole, like trying to be chill, you know, controlled, 
controlled uh, energy. Yeah, yeah, bro. Bro, I like that energy because all right, um, yeah. I'll roll into my last segment, bro. It's called Ten in the Bin. So I've got ten questions for you, and you just answer them um as honestly as you can, bro. All right. Yeah. So, what's your go-to vessel at a pre-drinks on a night out? Um, Sprite. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Your Sprite. Love you, mom. <laughs> All right, who's the biggest coach's pet that you've been around? Um, oh, straight, Harry Plummer. Sorry, Harry. Fair enough. What's your must-do on a day off? Um, oh, uh, go to the pools. Main. Least favourite fitness block? Um, 100, 200. Nice. Uh, favourite cheat meal? Do you want me to explain? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, I know the ones and twos, bro. But if, if you want oh, to explain yeah, yeah. for anyone that doesn't know. Oh, no, yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, no, nah, it's just 100, 200, yeah, sorry. It's every minute you go. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, bro, it's painful. Uh, that's all the, yeah, that's all the viewers yeah. need to know, bro. It's painful. Yeah, yeah, bro, cheat meal, that's cheat meal. Wicked wings. Mm, yeah, bro, that might be dinner tonight. Uh, most regretful baller purchase, bro. So what have you gone out, splashed a whole lot of money on, and then like instantly been like, if I did not need to buy that. Um, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon All Star jersey. <laughs> that was awesome. like a nice one. Yeah. Oh, do you wanna do you wanna share how much it cost you or nah? Uh, nah, I can't say it. Is. Can't <laughs> fair it. enough, bro. Fair enough. Uh, guilty music pleasure. Say again. Guilty music pleasure. So who's someone in your playlist or on your Spotify that you secretly like listening to but wouldn't want the boys knowing? Yeah, I was about to say that's it's sort of an awkward question, bro, because I'm getting you to dry snitch on yourself. But I, I try, I try and hope that the guys don't click on in time. So yeah, anyway, I'll move on to the next question. Yeah, nah, it's a bit, it's a... What's your go-to dance move? Um, oh, Biggest grub you've played with and against? Grub. Um... With I've played with the biggest club I've played with. Um, sucks. Who's probably Dalton with and against? Um, Finn Christie's a bit of a grubby. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> it's surprising, bro. Halfbacks aren't usually grubs, bro. We're usually the ones getting dealt to. So. Uh, yeah, I don't get I don't get much like interaction there. Eh? Like I haven't had many like people be dirty towards me. Like I've seen it. Yeah, I guess I'm not in the action enough here. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was about to go a different way with that, but that's a great save by oh, you. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, 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 All right, bro, 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 last question, bro, last question. Uh, just finish off the sentence for me, cuz. Saturdays are for the... Boys, how do you say, bro? Oh, beautiful, bro. bro I'm, I, I always ask, bro, because I've had some different answers. Um, some people have families, bro, so I can understand where their answer comes from, but um, it's great yeah, to hear yeah. that um, another one of the rugby boys is, is keeping to the status quo, bro. But yeah, like I mentioned before, bro, I, I really appreciate you taking out some time to have a quarter all with me. This has been a lot of fun, bro. I hope I haven't um, dragged this out for you too long. And um, are you uh, are the Blues boys playing in that, that try tournament thing next week in Wellington? Uh, 
is that oh yeah, Game of Three Hearts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Hissing, bro. Well, um, if if you do happen to be out on Saturday night and a uh, a link with the bro says, hold me to it, cuz I owe you a drink at whatever establishment oh, you want, cuz. All right, bro. Oh, um, bro. Appreciate it. Thanks right. a lot, bro. Nah, bro. been been awesome. Thanks. All right, bro. I'll catch you up. Cheers.